he's going to do with Brother Joe, and then we're going to hook him up. He's actually from Illinois, and he'll be here every once in a while, but we're going to be connecting him with the church there. And uh, so it's exciting to see what God's doing. Amen? Amen. Welcome to the Crossroads today, and I want to take just a moment to welcome everyone watching online. Thank you. We know you check us out before you come to service, and we know that you're on your way, so thanks for checking us out and uh, making sure that we're not a bunch of crazies before you actually show up. We are a little crazy, but that's all right. Past few weeks, we've been talking about the best is yet to come. Amen. And in the first week, we explained how God can take the ordinary like he did at the wedding uh, in Cain of Galilee. He took the ordinary and he turned it into something extraordinary, right? And then we talked about last week, we talked about how uh, even though we may seem a very unlikely fit for the master's purpose like Ruth was, uh, we are highly likely when we hear Jesus clearly and we follow him completely. And uh, that was the story of Ruth. And then uh, this week, we're, we're going to talk about how things are unfinished. And we're going to realize with Jesus, it's okay if it's unfinished. The best is yet to come. Amen. He will, he will not stop what he starts. If we allow him, he will finish the work that he began in us. So uh, to get started, I want to ask you to turn to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. And as you're turning there, I'm going to ask you a, a trivia question. Some of you know the answer to, but those who do not know the answer, don't shout it out. Uh, so there's, there's a few that are still in suspense right now. Uh, but here's the trivia question. Which building project took the longest to complete? Which building project took the longest? Is it A, the construction of the Pentagon? B, the carving of Mount Rushmore? C, the digging of the Panama Canal? D, the building of the Empire State Building? Or is it E, the carving and assembly of the Statue of Liberty? Which of those do you think it took the longest? So those of you who have not answered yet, do you think it's A, is it the construction of the Pentagon? Is it B, the carving of Mount Rushmore? Is it C, the digging of the Panama Canal? Is it D, the building of the Empire State Building? Or is it E, the carving and assembly of the Statue of Liberty? What do you think? All right, so some of you already know the answer. And it is C, the digging of the Panama Canal. It took 31 years to dig the Panama Canal. That's an enormous task that was started and stopped several times uh, due to mudslides, floods, and unexpected costs. And in 1914, the United States total bill for the Panama Canal was $375 million. That's a lot of money today. Think about how expensive that was in 1914. There was a horrific death toll as well. 20,000 French workers and 6,000 Americans died on that job site. And the moral of the story is expect delays when you cut a 50-mile long canal to connect two oceans. It's going to be difficult. And some of you, you're thinking, well, how does that apply to me? How does that apply to us today? I'm not trying to dig a ditch. I'm not trying to move millions of tons of earth to make room for cargo ships. But God calls each and every one of us to partner with him, to work with him, and to accomplish anything spiritual. If we're going to accomplish anything, it ain't going to be easy. It's going to be like getting up and coming to church on a cold Sunday morning. It ain't easy like Sunday morning. Well... It's going to be real here. There's a lot of things that are easier than getting up and coming to church on Sundays. 
there's a lot of things that are easier. It'd be, it'd be easier for you to go home and take a nap right now. But you're here. And that takes a commitment. You are partnering with God for what he wants in your life. Amen. It's impossible for us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish just on our own. We need his partnership. And so we have to participate in his plans. And I know some of you are wondering, what about the Pentagon? Well, the Pentagon, the world's largest office building, took 16 months. Mount Rushmore was carved in 14 years. The Empire State Building was completed in a year and 45 days. The Statue of Liberty was carved and assembled over a 10-year period. But you and I, the work is still going. I know, it, some of us, it feels like it's taken forever, right? He's not finished. Let's read it together, Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident. I've got confidence in this. Message Bible says it this way, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep it, keep at it, and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day that Jesus Christ appears. It's not a blanket statement about everybody. I know some people use it, oh, Jesus started something new, he's going to finish it. You know what? Not if I'm not partnered up with him. Then I'm just believing, I'm deceiving myself, I'm believing something that's not true. Paul was not speaking this to people who were not sold out. He was speaking this to a sold out group of people. Not people just living however they wanted to live and professing that they were Christians. We've got to understand Jesus intends to do a good work in every one of us, but we have to choose to partner with him. Amen? So today, if you would, let's just bow our heads, put our Bibles down, and let's ask God to just say, Jesus, would you work on me today? Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. And God, we realize that this is a partnership, that we have joined in with you, and that you are working on us. And God, that we can't be saved by our own righteousness, but God, that we have to allow you to work on us. We have to allow you to mold us and shape us into who you want us to be. Would you work on us today? And God, even though we're unfinished, would you inspire us to believe that you are going to finish what you started? And God, we will give you the praise and all the glory for these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you right now, you've got a project at home that is unfinished? It needs to be finished. It's not done yet. Anybody got a project at home? Okay, good. Several of you do. Uh, so <laughs> some of you, it's been there for a little while. Some there, it's been there for a month. Maybe it's been there over a year. I don't know. Uh, but if you have a project that needs finished, why don't you turn to somebody that's close to you and tell them, tell them what that project is right now? What is your project that needs to get finished? Amen. Confession is good for the soul, right? I, I would say that in, in this building and those who are listening today and watching online, I would say that almost all of us have some project or some kind of a goal that we are working on, and, and maybe we don't have one right now at the second, but we have one that we work on from time to time because that's just how human nature is. We're always kind of trying to make things a little bit better, trying to improve things, trying to uh, change things around. And I know uh, that there are some of you in here that uh, you don't like things to stay the same too long, right? I know Brother Miguel used to tell me about how 
Sister Gisela, she's walking back in so I can talk about it right now, but uh, how if, if the furniture stayed in one place too long, it, it, it wasn't that it was bad or that it didn't work, it just it needed to be changed, and so uh, Sister Gisela would have to move the furniture all around just to, you know, just for, just because she had to have it, you know, it had to be, something had to be different, and each and every one of us have a project, or we, we have this goal of, we got to get something, uh, something needs to be different, something needs to be better, and so, you know, we, <clears throat> we get all these projects, or we get all these things in our mind, and um, <clears throat> a lot of times what I think in my mind, and what I envision, uh, isn't always what it turns out to be. Anybody ever seen Pinterest fails? Anybody <clears throat> those are some of my favorite. My wife likes to save those. Uh, those are saved on her phone. Every once in a while, when she's feeling kind of down about herself, she pulls out Pinterest fails, and it inspires her and reminds her that not everybody uh, finishes everything they start. Not everybody is a master at everything uh, that they do. And some people make things look easy. And I, you know, <clears throat> it's funny because if you just go by what you see, you would think you could renovate a whole house in 30 minutes, you know, because that's what they do on these home networks, and they show you how to do this, and uh, my wife, she uh, occasionally, and some of you won't even know who this is, my wife, if I fix something at the house, she says I'm her Bob Vila, and uh, <clears throat> the nice thing about Bob Vila, he could fix stuff, in 30 minutes, he could have the whole thing fixed, rewired, recircuited, I mean, everything was taken care of. And it would be so easy. But when I started, I started and then I get a call or I have to go do something or whatever and I get distracted and it just sits there, right? And it, like every time I walk past it, it's mocking me like, ha ha, you didn't finish. And, and most of us have something in our lives that uh, we have started on, but we didn't have a chance to finish. So today, uh, I just wanted to remind some of you that God is not like us. God finishes what he starts. You and I look at ourselves and we have expectations and we get frustrated when things don't turn out the way that uh, we think or, well, we didn't, we started that, but we never finished it. God always finishes what he starts. Our lives sometimes are filled with loose ends of home improvement tasks that are begun and not finished. Books that you may be reading, I've got about seven that I'm in the middle of right now and I'm going to finish some of them, but I probably won't finish all of them. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this system. I had a friend tell me, he said, you can't read books like just read one and read it straight through. He said, you lose interest. He said, you've got you've to find, you've got to get six or seven books going. So I'm trying it. It's a new thing for me. I'm trying it. And, and it does kind of work. You, you do kind of lose interest, and then you pick it back up. And I've got a couple books, though, that I couldn't put down. You know, you know those kind of books. But we've got books that we need to finish. We've, we've got projects that need to be done. We've made some promises that we haven't yet kept. And we've got intentions that we, we had intended to get something, but it, we didn't follow through with it. And our lives are often filled with would-have-beens and should-have-beens and could-have-beens. In the Scripture, there's a man named Simeon, and an angel appeared to Simeon and told him, Simeon, you will not die until you see the birth of Christ. And you can imagine how Simeon must have felt uh, because that seemed like a really far out promise, especially back then, that he would see the birth of the Messiah. For hundreds of years, uh, they had lived without seeing this. And, and Simeon didn't tell anyone about it. He just kept this promise to himself. And, and I would remind you that some of God's promises are not for you to tell your friends and your family and Facebook. 
Something God has told you and you just need to, you just need to talk to God about it. You, you just need to uh, just keep it to yourself and, and think about it and, and ponder it because uh, your friends and your family, they may not be so happy for you. They may not be very encouraging. They may tell you, oh, it's not going to happen. You're, you're too old. And do you really think that you could do that? So you just need to keep some things to yourself. It's between you and God. And you ponder these things in your heart like Mary did and, and Simeon did. And so years go by and Simeon doesn't see any sign of the Messiah. He waits a year and then five years and ten years. And I'm sure in his mind he, he begins to think to himself, you know, maybe I heard God wrong. It's been too long. I don't know if this is ever really going to happen. And, and the enemy doesn't really have new tricks. He uses the same type of lies on us today that he used back then. He uses doubt and discouragement and fear and worry. And so, you know, maybe he, you know, starts messing with you. You think you're really going to get well? You know, you saw the medical report. You think you can really accomplish that? Do you think you're going to be able to do that? You don't have the funds. You don't have the, the connections. You don't have the wherewithal. And I would tell you today, you need to let those thoughts go in one ear and out the other. Because the one who began the work will finish the work. The one who, amen, the one who started it, the one who began it, he's got the power to perform it in you. He will follow through. He will finish what he started. And I can kind of just imagine Simeon all through the day thinking to himself, God, I know that you are a God of completion. And you said I wouldn't go to my grave without seeing this promise come to pass. So Lord, I want to thank you that it's on its way. I want to thank you because I know he saw so he'd get up every morning believing and expecting and knowing it was going to happen. And sure enough, you know, uh, 20 years later, right, he sees Christ come into the world and the promise came to its fulfillment. And God is telling us today what he said to Simeon. Simeon, you can't die yet. You're not finished yet. There are promises that will still come to pass in your life. I know the devil's lied to you. I know your mind is playing tricks on you, but you got to understand I care about you and I, I care about where you are and I care about your family and I don't want to see anyone perish. I want everyone to come to repentance. So just hold on because it's yet to come. It's yet to come. And what God started, He has promised He will finish. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, He will finish. He will finish. Amen. I wish you could get that in your spirit. He will finish it today. Amen. People can't stop it. If God's going to finish it. Bad breaks can't stop it. Well, you don't know what's happened to me. Sickness can't stop it. Death can't even stop it. You've got to get ready because God is going to complete some incompletions this year for you. God's going to bring some things about that you have been praying for. You're going to, come on somebody. You're not going to go to your grave without seeing some of those dreams come to pass. Even the secret things in your heart that you prayed and said, God, I really want to see it happen. Amen. I'm putting you first, God. I'm seeking your kingdom first. And you promised that all these things would be added to my life. And I haven't seen the, the additions yet. I haven't seen what you want to do. And it may seem impossible. But we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. We serve a God who is all powerful. And nothing can be held back from him. And the scripture says he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or even think. God is able to do and finish what he started. He spoke the world into existence and He's got you in the palm of His hand and He will finish 
what he started. You've heard my story. I've told it before about Granny. Granny passed away. Amen. She believed right before she passed away. She told my wife and I. Amen. The day she was having her surgery, she told my wife and I, I believe Pap is coming in. She meant he was going to be saved. And many times I had pleaded with Pap to come in. I said, please, you know, let me baptize you in Jesus' name, Pap. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And he, he, he would just kind of, you know, okay, okay, but he never would do it. Amen. And so in, in 2010, December 24th, and Granny had a surgery and then she passed away. It, it, she didn't ever recover fully from the surgery. And, and it, it took her house. She took a turn for the worse. And, and, and we were all kind of stunned for about a week there and wondering why, why God, why why would you promise that you were going to do this? You told Granny. Granny knew like she was not certain of anything else, but that was what she was certain of. That was the last thing she told me and Kathy. She said, I know Pap is coming in. And, and we were, yes, yes, Granny, he's going to. And we thought Granny's going to get through this and maybe this will be the thing that God uses. You know, but we were expecting Granny to make it. And then Granny didn't make it, and so uh, it kind of bothered me for a little bit. And I thought, God, how, you know, you promised Granny, and now it hasn't happened. But a week later, Amen. Pap came, and he was in a, a United Pentecostal church, came to the altar, raised his hands, was filled with the Holy Ghost. They baptized him in Jesus' name. Amen. And Pap is now with Granny. A year later, he passed away, but God finishes what he started. Amen. God keeps his promises. God will never let you down best is yet to come. Amen. God never created you to be something ordinary. He never created you to drag through life unhappily. Amen. He, he never wanted you to feel unfulfilled or unfinished. He wanted you to know that He will finish what He started. He will complete what He has begun. And so He started something. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, He started something. I'm glad to know that, you know, my wife, she's always trying to start something with me. Every once in a while, she'll start messing with me, and so I mess back, you know? Like, you started this, and sometimes you need to remind God, hey, God, I'm not what I'm going to be yet. You started this. <laughs> you started, why don't you, God, why don't you go ahead and keep working on me? I'm just going to surrender to you today, and what you have started, I want you to finish. Amen. Psalm 138 and verse 8 in the New American Standard Bible says, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the work of your hands. In Ephesians 2.10 in the uh, NIV, it says we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, sometimes people don't realize that the reason that God has begun some things in us is because He wants it to be for His glory. He wants to use it to bless other people. He wants to use it to reach other people. Amen. What God has intended for you, what He has begun in you, it's not even about you. Sometimes we get hung up on that little point. Well, if it ain't about me, right? And so we, we, we sometimes we won't surrender to what God wants to do because we're not getting enough attention or enough affirmation. Nobody's patting us on the back enough. Amen. But God said, I have created you. Amen. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works and I've got a plan for your life. So when the promise doesn't turn out the way that you thought, maybe it doesn't happen on your timetable. Amen. Maybe, maybe you wish that it would have already taken place. It's easy for us to get discouraged and feel like God has let us down. 
It's easy for us to kind of feel like throwing, well, you know, I tried, right? Anybody ever say that? Well, I tried. Just give it up. No, no, no. Here's what has to happen. Sometimes, like Lazarus, your dreams and your, you, what you think has to die so he can resurrect it. Because sometimes you were doing it all your way, and he said, no, I want to do it my way. And you're like, no, let's do it my way. And he's like, no, let's do it my way. And so finally, after you've tried and tried and tried, and it didn't happen your way, you throw in the towel. And he says, okay, are you done? Now let's see what I can do. Amen. Sometimes he's just waiting for you, amen, to allow him the opportunity. And so I'm telling you today that you've got to be encouraged. Don't feel like God has let you down. The truth is God has something better in store for you. Yes, I know you've prayed hard and you've worked hard and you believe, but you didn't get the promotion that you thought you were going to, or, or, or the, the door closed in, in your face and you said, what is the deal? Why is this going? Don't be discouraged. Amen. God can turn what you wanted to be a healing, He can turn it into a resurrection like Lazarus. Amen. What you thought, well, there's no way. It's, it's, he, you know, he's been dead this long and now he stinks. God, my dream's been dead now for over a year and there's no way. I, see, I don't see anything. You know what? God knows where it's at. God knows what's going on. Amen. If, he, if you'll just dare to trust Him, if you'll dare to surrender to Him, if you'll, come on somebody, if you'll put Him first in your life, You'll find out it's not finished yet. He's not done with you yet. Look at your neighbor, tell him, say, he's not done. Say, wake up, Walter, he's not done with you. Amen. If you'll let God just do it his way, it'll turn out better than you could have ever imagined. There's a story about a young man that was training in the, uh, he was training to be in the 20, 1924 Olympics. And they were going to be held in Paris, France. And he was an American, highly skilled in water, whitewater rafting. And he had already won several competitions down through the years. He was the heavy favorite from the United States to win the gold medal. And uh, so the problem was, uh, that was his dream. But the problem was, he had, a, he had a wife and his wife became pregnant. And her due date was the exact time of the Olympics. And so, of course, back in those days, travel wasn't what it is today. We didn't, they didn't have any supersonic jets that could get you there and back quickly. And so uh, he would have had to travel and go across the ocean. It would have taken several weeks and possibly even months time to get back and forth. And so he made the decision he wouldn't miss the birth of his son. And so I say good for him. But he informed his coach that he would no longer be participating and he wasn't going to compete in the Olympic Games and his son was born and and over the years, he, he poured into that young man. He decided he was going to spend time and really uh, help this young man become everything he could be. And like the, the, the father, the son was extremely gifted in whitewater rafting. And they spent year after year practicing, training, getting better, competing. And in 1948, the son qualified for the Olympics in Helsinki, Finland. He went over and he competed. And a couple weeks later, his father received a telegraph that said, Dear Dad... Thanks for waiting around for me to be born. I'm coming home 24 years later with your Olympic gold medal. The son had won the gold, came home, and presented it to his father. Now the father had what he had always dreamed of, an Olympic gold medal. But it meant even more to him because it was his son that brought it to him. The one he loved, the one he had poured into, he had... He had sacrificed his dream, and, and yet his dream came back. That's the way that things work when you surrender them to God. 
They, they turn out better than you could have ever even imagined. There's no telling uh, what the choice would have been if, it, if things would have been a little bit different. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus, there is no doubt what's going to happen. Amen? If we'll surrender everything that He has promised, everything that He has spoken into our life, amen, you might be thinking, it's too late. This could never happen. Surrender it to Him. Amen? Turn it over to Him. And the unfinished things, the incomplete things, He will complete them. You might say, I've missed too many opportunities. Opportunities. I, I don't have a chance and, and God has a way of bringing those dreams to pass. He can fulfill what he has begun in your life. Amen. The moment that God began the work in your heart, the moment that the promise of God took root, God not only started it, but he put a completion date on it. I want you to understand this. Amen. The scripture says that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means when, when you, the first time, amen, you said, I believe that I could be everything God wants me to be. God said, yeah, and I know exactly how it's going to happen. I, I know the date that it's going to, I know where you're going to be. I know what's going to be going on. God would not have started a work in you that he could not fulfill, that he could not finish. The promise would not have come alive if God didn't already plan to bring it to pass. If you can imagine it, amen, if God put it in your heart, amen, you can imagine it, I want you to know it is from God. If it's for you to get closer to God, if it's for God to get the glory in your life, you need to stop questioning whether or not it's from God. Well, maybe this is just me. No, if it's something that's going to bring God glory, God put it in your heart, and He said, I already know how I'm going to finish it. I know how I'm going to complete it in you. You don't have to worry about the end, because I know the end from the beginning, and I've got it all worked out. You don't have to stress and worry and have anxiety I've got it figured out and I will bring it to pass amen amen some of us we stress so much and we say well I think maybe that's just me I know oh I know that you know I you know I, I, I just I, I, and we worry 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 maybe that's just me I don't know I used to I really used to stress out a lot thinking you know, is this me or is this God? Is this me or is this God? You know, anybody ever, is that just me? Come on now, be honest. And, and do you know what? I think I talked myself out of some things that God wanted me to do. I think over the years I probably, I probably talked myself out of some things that God put in my heart because I thought, nah, that seems a little too out there. Maybe that's just me. And what I have come to realize is that God won't put things in my heart. He won't put things in my mind, in my spirit that he can't complete. And here's the thing. The scripture goes on to say that now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. That means that nothing that brings God glory that comes into my spirit, into my mind, is too outlandish for God. Amen. No revival. No, no miracles. No, Come on, somebody. Nothing that brings God glory is so out of the realm of possibility. If God puts it in your heart, if He puts it in your life, come on, somebody. There's some of you right now that God's put it in your mind that somebody in your family is going to be saved or one of your friends is going to be saved or you're going to see a miracle happen. And come on, you know it's going to bring God glory. And the devil in your mind's trying to talk you out of it. And I'm trying to tell you right now, God is the author. And and the finisher now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to his power 
that's working in us. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how impossible it looks. And it, it doesn't matter what your mind has lied to you. Amen. God will bring it to pass. The best is yet to come. And I'm closing. I'm closing with this. This is, this is a scripture that we don't talk about a lot. The, the scripture about Zerubbabel. And we find it's such a, it's such a powerful uh, scripture. And I, I really, you know, I didn't realize how applicable it was till I really kind of looked at it this week and if you read the story about Zerubbabel and you find uh, in my Bible it's page 1514 but uh, if you if you're reading that story it's not the same for you I'm just but there's a man by the name of Zerubbabel and his dream that God put in his heart was to rebuild the temple the whole city had been destroyed and he came back and he laid the foundation, but the, the city people weren't for Zerubbabel and they didn't want to have the temple rebuilt. And so they went to the judge and the judge issued an order telling them to stop. Sounds kind of like our government right now, right? But for 10 years, no work was done. Couldn't work on it. Couldn't do it. it wasn't possible. And I can imagine Zerubbabel going week after week and going by the property and seeing the empty foundation, all the supplies stacked up. It's kind of like rubbing salt into the wound, you know? And I'm sure that Zerubbabel thought to himself, God, you started this, and we started this off right. You gave me this big dream. You put this in my heart. And then the people came against me, and I've had so much opposition. And I'm frustrated, God. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. He's so discouraged by what he sees, thinking it can never happen. There's no way that this is going to work out. God, you put this in me, but how is this going to be finished? One day, there's a prophet by the name of Zechariah, and Zechariah shows up. And he says, Zerubbabel, God sent me all this way just to give you two words. Begin again. And so faith shot up in Zerubbabel's heart, and he said, you mean God is going to still bring it to pass? Do you mean that it's possible do you realize how long it's been? It's been 10 years this place has sat empty and you see all the work that has gone undone. Do you know how many people are still against me even after all this time? Do you still think it really can happen? And Zechariah said, I, I don't think so. I, I, I know so. And God told me to come tell you to get started. And so Jesus sent me here to tell some of you this week. The same thing that Zechariah told Zerubbabel. It's time for you to begin again. I know it, it's been frustrating. I'm speaking to somebody. I, I hope that maybe you'll just start to pray in your spirit right now because I feel like I'm speaking directly to a few people that God's, God's trying to reach you. You need to get your dreams back and you need to get your hopes up. God's put a promise in your heart and you think you've disqualified yourself and, and you're, you're wrong. You, you think just because of the amount of time that's passed that God's just forgotten. And no, He hasn't. He, he sent me to tell you today it's time for you to begin again. You need to get back to the foundation. I know there's some things that didn't work out and some things that came against you and you've had some setbacks and, and God's saying it's time to start dreaming again. It's time to start thinking I'm able again. It's time to start believing again. Start praying again. Start fasting again. Start expecting again. Some of you want to have a better relationship with your family. Every time you try to approach them, 
lovingly, it, it always failed. And that was years ago. And God's saying to you, begin again. Some of you, faith rose in your heart to believe that God could help you break an addiction. And it didn't happen. And now you've gotten comfortable. But God's saying, begin again. It's time for you to get back to it. You're not finished yet. The story's not over. I wish some of you could feel that today. God's heart for you. Your story's not over. The last chapter's not been written. And you're not finished yet. So if you would, stand with me today in this place. I know that there are those in here. And you're wondering, can it be? Could it be for me? Maybe, maybe, Pastor, you're just talking to somebody else. Maybe... It's just somebody else and God said, I'll move heaven and earth. I'll shake all of heaven and earth if I have to. The sea and the dry land, I'll do it all to prove to you you're not finished yet. The book of Haggai, you see the, the, the second chapter. It's so powerful. We've talked about it before, but, but several times God reminds him. He says, consider now, look at now what I'm going to do. And he said in verse 18, he says, from this day and upward. He didn't say from this day onward. That's what I would have said. From this day onward. No, he says from this day and upward. So I don't want you just to press on like you've been pressing on. I want you to go from this day upward. God, whatever you want for me, whatever you have for my life. God, I don't, maybe I've let some things die because I didn't see how they were going to happen. And I, I, I know that you're not finished with me yet, but God, I just, I'm so tired of being disappointed in myself. And, and God, I want you to do something special. If you're here today, I want to just open up this altar. I believe that God wants to speak to you. I believe that God wants to remind you how special you are to him, how important you are to him. And that if he began the work, he will finish it. If you'll surrender to him, if you'll let him have his way, this altar's open.